Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi there, welcome to the Dope Black Dad podcast with me, Darwood Grace, your host today, because Marvin disappeared somewhere and he's on his way. And I'm joined with the lady, the right honourable Romantha. Hello. And today we're talking about love. Love. All right, Darwood. Hey. How you doing? I'm not bad. How why are you hesitated a bit but we won't talk about that on air yeah we will we'll talk about the off-air conversation so um what you're sharing this week uh well we've just recovered from valentine's day recovered yeah it's a valentine's day massacre (laughs) um i don't celebrate valentine's day okay let's talk about that it was a scam like very early on yeah and it used to feel like i was trying to get out of doing stuff for women on that day oh yeah but it wasn't so what i used to do with my older son's mum is every day in february mm. except for the 14th i would do something nice or oh, give a nice. gift and do s- certain things like that so I, w- I was intent on the whole month mm. and then left that one day out so wait was it just, just a form so of resistance people, to yeah, capitalism and yeah and consumerism consumerism and but now I'm older, I've realised the pressure that they put on women, especially mm. single women. Because yeah. most guys really don't care. So, let's go back. Let's go back. Let's take it back to let's the first Valentine's back. Day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that you were like, oh, I'm supposed to buy women gifts and stuff. What's this? Oh, no. When I was a kid, it was easy. Because it's like, oh, Chocolate. there's a day for women. And you can be romantic. And you can shoot your shot. Okay, makes sense. And that's so I would shoot my shot. So it only made it. sense when you could shoot your shot. Yeah. Okay, cool. And that, but mm-hmm. I'm fourteen, fifteen, yeah. trying to get my willy wet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to phrase it any other way. <laughs> like this, the lengths we're that men now, go Darwin. to. We're here now. Yeah, we're here now. We've reached. We reached the bottom of the barrel. Too, Listen, too early. I am. I'm not specifically bothered by valentine's day right you're 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 a unicorn no i think i think i'm i'm really i think there is a time now where women are more pressurized to valentine's is coming (laughs) where's Where's your your boyfriend boyfriend? you know (laughs) (laughs) there is a sense of pressure right because of social media but historically i've never been I mean, 
as a kid and as a teenager, I used to feel kind of, you know, you feel like the odd one out if you don't mm. get the card or the mm. flowers and all of that stuff at school because of peer pressure. Yeah. But as I got older and I got into relationships, I realized that it's either you're in a relationship with someone that is romantic and do those gestures naturally or not. Yeah. And so Valentine's Day is such a big pressure for men to be like, what do I do? And nothing seems to be enough unless it's grandiose mm. like Instagram these mm. days. Um, I feel like there is a sense of ungratefulness because you compare yourself to the next relationship and you're like, uh, you don't even talk about it. Yeah. You don't even want to talk about the gifts that you receive because you're just like, he didn't hire out an entire stadium and filled it with roses and balloons for me. You know what I mean? So it's more for optics as it opposed to... It is for optics. Yeah. And I think... Um, there is an optic side to it, but there's also a side to it where I say, if you're not naturally a person that buys flowers or chocolate or whatever, the, if you don't do those gestures just on a regular, mm. make it your work to do it that day and make her feel so special or make him feel so much special. Because that's the other thing. Women I've seen are very bad at doing the same things for their partners. Yeah. We are not very great at doing that uh, because we always feel like we are entitled to the romance instead of the guy. Now, most men have just resorted to saying, I don't care. And I don't know if it's because it's like Father's Day and Christmas where you're just like, oh, I'm going to get socks anyway. It's fine. Yeah. I don't care about it. I love what socks. <laughs> no, no, seriously. My sock game is so on point because I like socks. Yeah, socks but they just mind. have to be designed. Cool socks. Yeah. yeah. Designer, cool colors. Yeah. All of that, that. But but what is your sentiment around do you think men men say say they don't really care about Valentine's Day because they never get it in return from them from their partners? That might be part of the problem. But the truth is like when it comes to romance, like we'd rather watch football. <laughs> do you, who do, wha what percentage of men do you speak for? The majority. Really? Yeah. Like men So on Valentine's Day you'd rather be left alone and watch football? If a woman wanted to really give a man a gift and whatnot, what you do is you let him do exactly what he wants to do on that day, mm. and then you're just waiting for him in bed with a rose in between. You, I've heard the sentiment of women need to stop thinking that giving, like shaving your bunani, is a Valentine's Day gift for me. It's not. But you just said that. No, you just no, said no, wait no. For him, you leave see, him alone. see how you missed the whole bit I said <laughs> right before the sex bit because you were just concentrating on that bit. You missed everything I said. I said, just let him do what he wants to do on that day. Okay, and it might be you. Huh? And it might be you. No, so let him watch football. Let him like just bring food when he's watching football. If yeah. That's romantic. That is romantic. And, and you don't stand in the way waiting for a thanks. Just that. Let him <laughs> shout and eat at the same time and whatnot. And you'll see the rewards after. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What would you see as a romantic gesture that. from your partner on Valentine's Day? That. Yeah. Bring me food. Let me do what I want. Don't disturb me. Don't disturb me. Don't disturb me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> when men are happy, leave them alone. Basically. Okay. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So, so I had a, I had a, a partner... Um, who also didn't believe in Valentine's Day. And because I'm not really bothered by it, he kind of got away with it in the first year because I didn't make a big deal out of it. It was yeah. like, oh yeah, it's Valentine's Day. You know, I didn't really make a big fuss out of it. But as I got into the first year, because we had just been together maybe for two months at the time, yeah. 
so Valentine's Day came and I was a little, there's a small voice in my head that's like, we should kind of still be in the honeymoon phase. You should maybe want to do something for me. Not because I want it, but because you want it. Yeah. Because you, you we're still in the honeymoon phase. Never happened. And then the second year came around and I asked him about it. And he's like, no, he just doesn't believe it. He said the same thing that you said. Yeah. But minus the, I do the gestures at different times. Yeah. So he was just generic in I'm not a romantic person that like that. Yeah. And I kind of just got had to get used to it, um, which was not fair, I think, because there is a sense of you have to show your partner that you're grateful for for them in your life. Yeah. You appreciate them yeah. in your life, right? Yeah. And I think there are many ways to do it, not Valentine's Day. But if you don't do those things, if you don't show appreciation in any other way, then it's kind of shit isn't it yeah that you're not willing to do exactly that you're not willing to do like a little bit of grafting for Mm. one day and and it doesn't have to be the whole day it could just be in the morning send them off to work feeling good about themselves you know but i think my conversation around women not being great at gifting men is because i don't think i'm great at gifting i don't think i'm great at those romantic gestures Mm. because i'm a, a pathological overthinker like i think myself out of something like it's that bad so if i maybe want a surprise well i'm gonna say this and that seeing your partner now yeah and that i always thought his um fashion sense was good (laughs) but it's gone to another (laughs) level now I can't take credit for that though. Really? I can't That's take credit for that. Okay. It it is all him, but it is I think it comes from the inside. If he's, you he's gonna be watching this now with daggers in his <laughs> eyes. <laughs> it's not it's I can't take he knows, he yeah. knows. I I've seen the transition myself. Yeah. Right? Because I when I met him, he was He was not monotone. in good shape. He was monotone. He was not in good he shape. He was monotone, he was like mostly black or mostly yeah. neutral tones. Yeah, yeah. And then he started switching it up and i was like i think maybe that, that's, my that's, attribute that's, was hyping that's who him. i knew but maybe i was hyping him in yeah. the oh my, not the not the you know not the shirts not the the shorts oh the yeah. sneaks i would hype so i think maybe that gave a, a sense of encouragement in like you're doing the right thing yeah. and in my eyes lit up so every time i saw him looking like that he would be like yeah i'm doing it right yeah. i'm doing it right so and he started taking a bit more risks yeah yeah, last summer. That, that's what I'm saying. Before, last summer was a he thing. never used to take the risk. So yeah. he, he'd do like the bait fashion things. <laughs> yeah. Like what everyone else was kind of doing. But now he looks like him. Like yeah. I, I see, I bought a jumper because I saw it and I goes, oh, that's the oh. sort of jumper he would wear. Dope. So I bought a jumper like, because I yeah. thought, yeah. That's that, dope. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah, I can't take credit for that, but I'm incredibly happy. If you're seeing this, <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna watch. This. He's gonna watch. I'm incredibly happy by the new fashion sense, but but I I get so much anxiety because of that. So yeah. my partner is so things f- fluctuate so quickly in terms of his interest that by the time I I realize that this is a thing that he's really really obsessed about, by next week he's not really obsessed about it anymore. Mm. There's something else, and so I I think myself in that way. I think myself into a spin into yeah. a tailspin yeah. and then it's 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 price do i go extravagant do i do i do i put myself out of pocket because also i don't think he cares about stuff like that. i know but you know it's it's quality things cost money 
That's true. And it's quality that I want to give, not mm. it's not really the price. It's the quality of the stuff. And you know, the South African Rand versus the um, yeah. GPP yeah. is I not great. You know what I mean? <laughs> I <laughs> so, so yeah, it is. It is. Um, it's it's always something that I think about because I. It's not that I compare. But I know that what's given to me as a gesture of love mm. took thought and it took a penny or two. Mm. So, you know, the greatest gifts I've received from women, apart from my children, mm. but um, that's a good one, uh, are things that I end up living with. So, practical stuff. Practical stuff. I love practical gifts. I love receiving practical yeah. stuff. Like, if I can use an Afro comb, yeah. if you're giving me something that I can actively use, I love that because I'm going to use it. Yeah. But I'll feel sad when it when it's finished. Like a perfume. I'll feel so sad if yeah. it finishes. But that that's still cool, though, because I often think that a good gift, should every time it gets used, or seen mm. trigger a good memory of the person who mm. gave it to you. So even if you break up or blah, blah, blah. I got a scarf from an ex I broke up with uh, 2011, Do they listen to the podcast? She even might do, but I still wear the scarf. I'm wearing it today. <laughs> like, I'm it, sentimental like that yeah. as well. And for me... But it, it weren't the sentiment. It was like, you brought such a cool gift. Because mm. it's weird, because the scarf came with a hat. I have no idea where the hat is. <laughs> like... That gun, but the scarf is so practical. It's like it's not a two-ended scarf. It's like mm. a circular scarf, so I can just think so I can forget that, that I've got it. It's <laughs> so practical, and, and I can't find it anywhere else. Yeah, I love that. I love that that uh, that I am a practical person. So I don't really care about price or like you know does, does yeah, it, is it a brand or is it not? No, this right? scarf was hella cheap. So, but that's but the thing. Beautiful. I get sentimental yeah. over the smallest things. Yeah. So I'm so easy, and I think that's why I was a little bit resentful on year two. That even yeah. if you, if you can, do something for me, the yeah. simplest things. If you do a breakfast in bed, if you do flowers. But that sounds like a guy that's because though I don't believe in in Valentine's Day, um, one you should never be complacent with with mm. your partner. True. Because. As every guy knows every time you slept with someone someone else's girl you know it's because she'll blame the thing on lack of attention true, true. <laughs> and that or he's lacking something and that you don't want to do lack of attention that's true to chase your woman into the arms of another man for lack of attention <laughs> it's not cool but i think men has to love their partners yeah you but have also to actually you like your partner people as well. saying that they're not romantic I, I don't believe in that everybody has it in them has it in them so you're choosing not to do it purposely because of maybe complacency and that you think so you've got someone's attention all the time 100%. But just a little joke like i'm always into look i am such a flawed human being yeah I'd rather give you like enough energy to look past my flaws mm -hmm. with one massive gesture where you can put uh, put a smile on your face f today that might last me like two weeks. That's true. I think I think one of the parts that I don't like about Valentine's Day is yeah. that you're doing it because you're trying to satisfy your partner for that day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And. I think maybe it's the grandiose of it all mm. that makes that annoys you, right? But your part, it should be a discussion. Yeah. It should be like, 
what would make your heart sing? Not yeah. what, what, what do I see on Instagram? Mm. Or qu quickly Googling something on TikTok uh, to get inspiration from somewhere else. Mm. Do what's specific to your partner. And like I said, I was resentful a little bit, but after the relationship, when I, f when I looked back and I realized I'm such a simple person. Like I'm so sentimental mm. over a lip gloss you would you would give me. Yeah. I would use that thing until the last drop. Yeah. That's how sentimental I am. Because every time I pick it up, it reminds me of you. And that's the that's the idea about it. So yeah, I don't know man. It's never been it's never been good to be just complacent or just accept. I think it needs to be a communication. What mm. what are the things that make you feel special? Because yeah. love languages are, are one thing. If you say, Oh but I did the laundry and that's my love language it might not be your partner's love language. Yeah. I think we've spoken about this in a previous episode yeah. before. Yeah. But that's, um, it's interesting. Uh, we were talking about, Marvin and I were talking about Galentine's Day as well. <laughs> while, we're, while we're on the topic, he'll yeah. probably pick it up um, when he gets here. But women have then resorted to saying, okay, we're not getting it from our partners. Let's just do a Galentine's Day. And then, there's, then there's another, it women. was not for, it was, it is for single women, but women in relationships also partake in Which Galentine's is greedy. Day. I don't think it's greedy if you're not getting it from your partner, you know? That's true, but some are getting it from their partners. I guess so. And then they're coming to the party, uh, full of si a room full of single women. and Having eaten. Yeah, having eaten <laughs> and whatnot and acting like they're all, um, they're hungry again. <laughs> and that. Oh my God, I saw a TikTok. I, yeah. I will not be able to find it because I didn't save it. I saw a TikTok last night of this girl's brunch and there's this chef. Have you seen that chef? That no. very problematic chef. If I can find it, I'm going to put it on. Yeah. He was feeding them, but it was the most sexual thing, the most sexual brunch I've ever seen. Just all women brunch. Yeah. And he was bananas seductive bananas down their throat like the whole banana down their throat chocolates chocolate oh, sauce wow. on them it was mad it looked like a strip club but except with food it was wow. that and then the caption said when your girl says she's going to a uh, girl's brunch um that was yeah. that was that was a that was a gal them times day <laughs> Galentine's Day. Wow. That one was quite explicit. But yeah, I'm all for the girlies trying to support one another and saying let's celebrate one another because historically we haven't really been celebrated by our partners like that. Yeah. And now that um, we have social media, we kind of see what other women are getting. And we're like, if, you, if I'm not going to get that, then I might as well do it for myself. Do you think there's another thing happening in terms of, I think just women especially our black queens are just fed up with the standard that men are offering so they're saying like you guys need to raise your standards yes because we um, have been spot unfortunately like a lot of black women don't go to other races they mm. stick with us yeah and whatnot. that's true and, i and the standards not been that great I can't speak for, for all women. Some women are being spoiled to the T, yeah. right? But I will say, as I said with my experience, yeah. it w it's just complacency when it comes to dating us. There's a level of, we're good, we've got this, we'll be fine. And we d we're not seen as as fragile, as something to be 
to be appreciated, taken care of, protected. Protected, yeah, more physically, but never emotionally protected, never wow. feeling safe. Mm. So those things we we don't generally receive. I'm not 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 a blanket statement here because it does happen. But I think it goes both ways. There's there's this narrative of men should be so grateful to be with us and they should just adorn us all the time. And that's also not healthy. So it does go both ways. And as I admitted, I'm not the best at giving gifts. But I cannot sit there then and say, oh, he only bought me flowers. What did I do? You know what I mean? And we do so bare minimum that, fine, you might be like, babe, just put on some nice lingerie and do your thing tonight. That's fine, right? If that's your thing. But that cannot be the default thing. Like, oh, my man's getting my coochie. He should be fine. It's it's just not okay. Men mm. want to be romanticized as well, so it goes both it goes both ways. Mm. And I think the standard needs to be upped because if we're gonna look at each other and be like, "Well, you're not doing it," well, you're not doing it either. Mm. Then no one's gonna get loved on. No one's gonna be taken care of. No one's gonna be spoiled. So if it's if it's tit for tat, then we're not on the right page. We're not on the same page as black people, and we need mm. to get on the same page because people are doing the most for their partners out here. And it's not going to hurt you to do that. Mm. If it hurts your pocket, then then maybe you should discuss that with your partner. But it doesn't have to. It really doesn't. It doesn't have it to. It really doesn't. It's I a letter. It's chocolates. It's flowers. It's affirmations. It's sending that person a song but throughout ima- the day. Imagine receiving a letter from someone you live with. People don't talk a, like I, that. I know, but that's such an old school move. Like, it's if beautiful. I had a partner right now, I'd be on that. Like, should just receive a letter right. and I'd just explain how I feel. Right. Put, put some There's poetry in there. Spray it, it with my scent. Like, this yeah. is your this is your little trick from when you were. Yeah, in it works. <laughs> it works. It works. These See, I told work. you. I told you. I asked you. Are you still using your tricks from? Are you still using your tricks from from school? No, I should. <laughs> but I should reinvent them. You should. Welcome. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah. That welcome. is a very Thank nice you for joining talk. us. Thank you, ma'am. How you doing? Not we were just gossiping well. about you. Is what? We were just gossiping about you. Gossip. Oh no. <laughs> the thing is, I get to watch it later on, but I don't know if that's fun though. I don't think I like. I don't like discovering like what are you two people that have known me for too long and too Aww. intimately to just like. I think I've I spent so much time with you in the last couple of months. All the secrets you know that you know none of your business. <laughs> if you're at home, mind your business. <laughs> <laughs> look at the tone of the conversation. Just went. <laughs> yeah, I know. Was it? Was it all? Righteous and highlight. No, it well. wasn't. We were talking about <laughs> talking about love and Valentine's Day and all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. what was you doing for Valentine's Day? Who was your interrupting piece? Who's <laughs> wow. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, like we don't know. Your guns blazing. I, f- I feel like you should. So I came up hot of a debate show. So it's like I feel. Oh no, nah. like, you so calm so down. You calm down, yeah. and we'll we'll continue. Just telling these right wing people. Well, go on. So go on, continue. Where, where's our guest? What happened? Where's our I guess he's coming. Oh, around okay, cool. the same, uh, ran late, but around the same time. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. cool. No, go on, t- talk your stuff. Sorry, I'm just here. My, my <laughs> business. Yeah, sorry, what were you saying, Dawood? About writing letters oh, to yeah. your partner. Yeah. Because everyone texts and phone calls now. And FaceTime. Like, when, like, even people in relationships now, when last did you have, like, a two, three hour converse phone conversation with your spouse? Hmm. Like and you're call. and you're in the same place, 
Like, go to the bedroom one day and the other person be in another room <laughs> and just have a chin wag. Like, when you first first met. Just do it. Mm. It reinvigorates stuff. Mm. And, and I, th- I think it triggers something in your brain yeah. that this is the romantic phase again all over. Yeah. Like, I think every couple, every now and again, should just go, cool, let's just have a reset button. Mm. Press the reset. I think, I think they should spend a week apart. I think they would genuinely benefit from just like a, re- a some space and like some newness. Yeah. Mm. As you said, everyone did, wants a little new. <laughs> what a quote that was from about two uh. weeks ago. Uh. So, um, yeah. what was your Valentine's Day like? Uh, I spent it with young Luke. Oh, oh Lukey. Yeah, I spent it with Luke. Luke is he the was on cutest half term. baby ever. Have we explored the fact that that made women's ovaries explode seeing your 100%. child? 100%. Oh, okay. I don't want them. I don't want kids. But Luke made me think. Yeah. Just 1%. Just 1% of my brain was like, like are you <laughs> sure? How sure are you? <laughs> How sure are you? <laughs> All right, so I have a share around piggybacking off of our conversation around love and relationships and yeah. etc. And I saw this TikTok about a week ago of this woman was like, um, we're too, did we fly too close to the sun mm. uh, in terms of feminism and just being independent women oh, and yeah. saying, um, we don't need men really, we can do it on our own, let's look, go get our careers, let's go um, travel and not focus on careers and um, relationships. So I'm going to play it real quick. Yeah. Um, and I want to discuss... So glad Personally, I think this is a great one. Have arrived because <laughs> I need Sorry. a woman's perspective on this one as well. Um, I'm going to play it, and I need your opinions on on this because I have plenty. Okay. In the most selfish way possible, sometimes I do have to look at my friends and think maybe we took being single a bit too far. Maybe we cheered each other on in our singleness a bit too much. Some would even argue that maybe we took feminism too far because I'm looking around the group and thinking, mm, not even one wedding is on the horizon. Not even that it's not on the horizon. We are actually so single that we are at the point where I wouldn't even go into a shop and pick up an expensive dress and think, mm, I'll save this for a wedding. Like, I cannot think of a single one of my friends who is nearing marriage and as I said, for entirely selfish reasons, I'm just like, we're gonna need to rectify that because I personally need to be at the weddings in my prime. I need to be at that open bar having my your name moment. Like it just really does seem like something I'm gonna have to delve into in my twenties and time is running out. Unfortunately, time is running out, you know, five years down. Like we we are gonna need the weddings to start rolling in. But as I said, I do believe that we have we have cheered each other's singleness on a bit too much. And I just don't know if I will be seeing a wedding before the decade is out, unfortunately. Go on. Expand on what you've observed. (laughs) So, (coughs) in my personal life, I don't have friends. I have a couple now that's going to get married, but it's the first couple in, I would say, my adult life from my close friends that are getting married. And it's not out of a lack of trying and dating and women just not being interested. It's, it's It's just their circumstances that they haven't found someone. But they've become so happy in being single that it makes it more and more difficult to now go into a relationship because they're just so complacent and happy in their singleness mm-hmm. that I don't get my wedding. I don't get to be the bridesmaid. I don't get to be drunk at a bar. Is that your version of your wedding that you're the bridesmaid? <laughs> 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 That's hilarious. I don't get, I don't get my, my, my wedding. I don't get my, my bride of honor moment. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So, um... Um, it's a little bit concerning. 
when I also looked up some statistics around it and it's really, really sad. The statistics for the UK says that marriage is down compared to 1991. Adults in 2021 are 44% more likely to have never been married. In 2021, 46.9% of individuals in England and Wales were married, down from 49.4 in 2011. So, yeah. Can I can I ask? It's, it's at an all time. You've been low. married. I know yeah. you've been married. Have you been married? No. I've been married. Have you been married? No. So should we just? So talk? we're equal. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I I just say that to say the two people in the room who have been married are mm. also divorced. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I'm wondering why we're equating marriage with happiness or the lack of marriage with sadness. And actually, I saw really um, maybe you would find this positive, mm. uh, but the statistics. Before you continue, <laughs> can you just? I what just want I you got? to look better. It's my lipstick, lipstick and it's oh, not, it's your it's lipstick. Not great. Is it? Uh, Kimberly's having an affair. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. A little bit more rubber. I think you it's should okay. get up and it's, it. okay. it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's yeah, Ramantha's lipstick yeah, and I'm okay do with that. <laughs> 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 you, made, you made it sound like it was like, like I don't know, some weird thing. It's, like, it's fine. It's acceptable. Okay. Did I not blend my blush? No, no. <laughs> we saw it happen. It's fine. Go on. Comparing, but, uh, yeah. yeah, so they were saying that uh, Gen Z and also Gen Alpha are going to have the healthiest relationships. They may not be married because I think a lot of us are moving away from the institution that mm. is religion um, and marriage is closely associated with that. But they are going to have some of the healthiest um, and most long-term relationships because in that generation, um, they're, they're monitoring Gen Z's dating habits on mm. dating sites. Yeah. <clears throat> and so a few things are changing, like uh, race is no longer at the top of the kind of distinction yeah. between who you want and who you don't mm. want, but also they are appreciating authenticity a lot more. Uh, so it's kind of like come as you are and that's obviously a great mm. start to any healthy relationship. Mm. So I just don't, I've come in late to the conversation. So the of come course. as you no, are, you right the come time. as you are is not generally new. You know, it's I, I don't think that's a new feature, but it is interesting that race no longer plays, you know, a role, which just expands your pool a lot more. Yes. And obviously this is not to say that people are a lot more unhappier because they're not getting married. Mm. I'm saying that we are just not seeing weddings anymore. So you don't get to wear pretty dresses. I don't get to <laughs> wear my pretty dresses. <laughs> and I know this is not generally about me, but um, around where society is moving in terms of what the goals are. Marriage is no longer the end all and be all for a lot of people. Um, so that's interesting to see that she equates it to feminism even. Yeah, I was um, surprised by that. Yeah, I, I don't generally see the, the link there with feminism. It's not even a healthy institution to aspire into. Like, I, I think the whole concept of marriage was about land ownership and it was about knowing which of these children are yours so they can you can pass your land down over to them. So marriage was a construct of, like, capitalism. Like, mm -hmm. cause it's, it's a commercial deal. Yeah. So uh, And also in and that... was started out as... That no, that's, that's literally the function of what marriage was, was that yeah. we all lived in the community, then the community turned into, actually, these are my children, and we and industrialized... It's linked to industrialized farming, okay. uh, as far as I know it. So the land that you were given or that you had um, developed and reared, it was about who inherits that land, and it was like, we need to know which children are mine, to know what children are mine, I need to know what, white, what woman is mine, who bared those children. So it's all about the industrial farming and capitalism that has connected this idea of like owning a woman to own the children yeah. mm -hmm. to then be able to pass those things down. For me, um, I, I just find the whole, in, in 
action, the concept overrides the individuals. Yeah. The what what you realize is no matter what you agree in the beginning, yeah, unless you remove yourself partly or majority from society as a whole, you start finding that society just treats you in a particular way and creates this context where your relationship ends up working in the basis of who earns more mm. or who can provide more. Mm. Uh, and that becomes like a massive inequity. I hate the concept now. I, I, don't, I don't rate it. I rate unions. I rate long-term relationships. I rate like capsules of like raising children in. But the actual concept of marriage needs to be completely imploded for before we get anywhere near having like really healthy relationships. But by True. the way, there are some women and there are many men who still love the patriarchal relationship, mm. marriage in, uh, construct, and that's their right to do yeah. so. And they will continue it mm. in their own guise. I think it's for people who live outside of those particular ways. Either you've had the experience and you're like, it's not for me. Mm. Where most neurodivergent people naturally find those types of environments difficult to be into. Um, whether you are queer or LGBT, they're in a completely different experience in terms of how your relationship is set up, maintained and managed. Yeah. Mm. You actually create different rules when you're from outside of those particularly centered norms. And I think that's a really healthy way. I find those relationships make more sense to me than we're gonna be together forever, by the way, and whatever happens, under the eyes of God, we are committing to forever regardless of what happens. Mm. But when we start talking about what happens in that traditional environment, some of it is particularly violent and, and, and actually like not sustainable. Mm. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't ask a woman to sit there and be in that environment, be unhappy, feel like they have to like look after the kids, clean the house, cook work and do all those things and it's like under that guise if you don't do that you're a bad wife yeah. like that for me is set fire to it all please bun Babylon and all of his friends <laughs> 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 um, I actually have a TikTok counter to this or an explainer that was taking this to another level so I'm gonna listen to it now hold on because I, I saw this the other day and it was really good. The Sorry. argument is what? That men simply are giving up hope on marriage because um, they're feeling beaten down? No, I don't think they're giving up on hope on marriage. I think what they're doing is they're looking at, at the cost-reward. Men look at things in terms of cost analysis. And the penalties for marriage are so high and the rewards now are so low. First of all, there's legal costs of marriage. There are so many men now who are just saying, you know what, it's just not worth it to me. I'm going to be stuck paying the alimony. I'm going to be stuck paying for child support. And it's not just legal reasons. It's also psychological ones where men feel that basically they don't really have rights in marriage. Women hold all the cards now in reproduction and all kinds of things, and men don't. Well, that's all true. I mean, I agree with that completely, but it still doesn't absolve men of the responsibility to stop complaining okay. about how the cards are against them and man up and become them, because you don't become a man until you assume responsibility. What right? man would take such a raw deal? I don't consider that a man. Well, that's it's not actually, it's not a raw deal. You derive deep satisfaction as a man by taking responsibility for other people. That's the only place you get deep satisfaction. So men are supposed to take a really bad deal and sign their rights away, and you call that a good deal. Look, you wouldn't understand economically. Well, yeah. You did well, mate. That's good. And maybe you have a really good wife, but a lot of men don't feel that way. I always hear this, man. So I, I just want to caveat that very quickly, yeah, is because it's oh, so interesting having a woman tell a man yeah. that men are having a bad deal. Obviously, she's done this for a book, so she's done an element of research and insight into gaining this perspective. But to see her counter another guy, and I think this sort of idea of like masculinity being like God and providing and protection is such a sort of white European view of how it should be done. It doesn't make it completely void, but it's so specific. And the people who can excel at doing those things, like to protect your family, 
It means that you have to genuinely believe the state is going to protect you to a certain level. If you don't believe the state's going to protect you, do you, how do you protect a family if you can't call the police? Or if you think if you call the ambulance, they're going to look at your measurements incorrectly or not believe that you're truly in pain or they'll section you for mental health, mm. mental health issues. So you, the, the reality is, is that that picture is a very white, Eurocentric, normative way of looking at what men should be doing, mm. looking after people. Because if you also work in low-income jobs, which unfortunately, disproportionately black people do, you are not able to provide for a family in this climate because mm. it's not the 1960s where your median level paid job can provide you house, groceries, abundance, a holiday and a washing machine. Like the, the days have completely shifted. So I did find that really interesting, but I would love to hear anyone else's thoughts on what that woman was saying. Who was she? She was an author of a book. I'm going to try and find her name. Um, and I don't think I can because it doesn't say because it's TikTok and that's not what, what they do. <laughs> um, but yeah, the guy's name is Tucker Carlson. It was oh, on his oh, show. I think I recognized his yeah. name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you laughed. I did. I found, I found the conversation <laughs> funny. Mm -hmm. um, I don't agree with you that mm -hmm. uh, that idea of masculinity is white, a mm -hmm. white construct. Um, I think it's quite global, the culture or the idea that men are providers, but I just don't know if it fits in 2024 the same way that it may have done mm. in, I don't know, <laughs> you know <laughs> um, ancient times. Um, Why do I just, agree? I don't think it's that men get a bad deal in marriage. I think everyone gets a bad deal when it comes <laughs> to marriage. <laughs> I don't think, Say it. Talk, talk I don't think the bad deal is so gendered. And, and when I speak, because I, I do think that there are people that are recreating ideas of what marriage is, right? Mm. There are people who aren't necessarily sticking to traditional um, yes. roles mm. or, or concepts of marriage and the role that I play and the role that you play. There are stay-at-home dads now and mm. women working and men being the child rearers and stuff like that. Um, so I'm not necessarily speaking about those people because I think those people are trying to um, establish a sense of commitment and security while also trying to shape it mm. in a way that fits maybe better to, to modern life. Um, and I, I, you know, well done for trying. Mm. Um, but I think people who stick to a more traditional concept of marriage, I mm. think everyone kind of loses out because I think men are limited in their expression as whole beings. And mm. I think women are limited in their mm -hmm. expression as whole beings. And I think anything that encourages you to limit mm. how you explore yourself completely is a bad deal. Mm. <clears throat> so that's just from that aspect. I think legally, <laughs> it becomes a bad deal when you get divorced. <laughs> <laughs> Tell, Tell us, us more. more. <laughs> 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 and it's because it's, because it's just, you're you're um you're trying to make something that was one unit mm. now make sense as two separate units mm. and everyone's going to walk away from that feeling like they got a bit of a bad deal mm. yeah. right that's just i i just think it just comes hand in hand with trying to make something that's supposed to fit in one home into now two. fit into mm -hmm. yeah yeah so i think legally everyone mm. gets a bad deal um and just spiritually holistically as a person if you're trying to do it traditionally i think it limits you as mm. a person so so how but how do you take a old concept make it new without the old concept because the reason why i say the old concept wins is because 
society still just treats you regardless of what you say you could say that me and my husband we, you know my, my wife can do whatever she wants she mm. has these types of roles mm. da, 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 she works but society if yeah. you go into like even sort of legally and benefits and um you know paternity leave it all just very much takes you back to that dynamic where men get paid more and so if we say the child is now three months old who's going to be at home well, whoever doesn't earn more should stay there because I need to make as much as I humanly can mm -hmm. for our family. So it creates inequality at its foundations anyway. And I think this is why I say creating a relationship in a new way is amazing. Like, please find new ways. Mm -hmm. But I think most of it doesn't come with like a nice shiny brand to say this is what it is. Mm -hmm. So most people just either don't respect those or acknowledge those relationships in the same way. But I again, I would love to hear from non-married people, like <laughs> based on how you look at it from the outside now, would you get married into this institution as it is? Like, does it, would, it, would it work for you? I've said this before. I am not particularly interested, excited or invested in getting married. Um, marriage to me would have to be a very practical thing. Um, for instance, legally, I need documents or... Um, it makes sense to bind our assets together for financial reasons because we're both on an equitable foundation financially and we're growing a business together, etc. It's a business transaction more than anything. Mm -hmm. And tax-wise, I might get more benefits from that. But if that's just business, then why would I not just have a business partnership mm. instead of a marriage? Because of the divorce part, because of the separation is made so difficult, so taxing, so long in certain countries that it just exhausts you mentally, physically, financially, all of it. So I I don't marriage has just never looked ideal to me. Mm. So I the more I hear about it, the more I don't want to do it. And unless I actively feel strong that it, there's going to be a financial or legal benefit for me, I don't necessarily see why, because we're not doing it for love anymore. We can get love. People realize that they don't need to be chosen for marriage to find true, genuine connection and love. Mm. And I think that's why we're seeing these numbers so critically low of people saying, I don't need to get married. Mm. Uh, my dating styles have changed. My prospects on life has changed. Mm. And I think I was, I was when you said... Um, when you were talking about getting married and, and dating, if you have dating as an, if you have marriage as an ideal in your mind when you meet someone or when you're dating someone in those initial stages, it impacts how your brain functions and how mm. you see that person mm. because everything is through the tinted lens of marriage. And whether you like it or not, that bias is there. You're going to look at your wife shaking her ass in a strip club and you'll be like, I'm not comfortable with that because you're my wife. Yeah, we might have a traditional, uh, non-conventional relationship or an orthodox marriage, but it still s doesn't sit right with me. Why? Because society will, will put all of those voices mm. in your head either way, whether you want to change or not. Mm. Society is still so fixed on what it is to be married, and especially on women. Men don't necessarily get the same flack for what it means to be a husband i can't speak for for men and their experiences of how they experience being a husband but being a wife comes with a lot of scrutiny judgment 
a responsibility outside that society puts on you, not mm -hmm. your husband. And then not even to talk about the in-laws because very often they have their ideas of what a wife should be. So you can preach all you want to that we have an unconventional, unorthodox marriage. It's not traditional, so get with it. No one's going to get with it because marriage is still marriage. It's like you. It's like the church. You can't just say the church is a rave now. It'll be church. Kanye West tried it. <laughs> the church is a rave now. Kanye West tried it, you know, and people were like, you know, doing their thing to these new age churches. But the principle of church still stays. Still stands. Uh, Dawood, what about you? You gonna get married? Uh, we got close. We started. We had a quite a short list this weekend. So <laughs> <laughs> we, had, we, had, we had a couple of candidates. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not sure. Whoop. <laughs> I'm not sure about what, what's your What's your barriers for you? How does that impact someone like you? Well, marriage? Yeah, the idea of it. Uh, it just always felt constricting. Mm. Like, when I was a kid growing up, I thought, oh, that's something to do to make me feel like an adult. Mm. But as soon as it came, I was like, as soon as I started thinking about just me and you for the rest of my life, my dick don't like that. Wow. That's <laughs> the truth. That's how I was thinking when I was younger. That's so a really good clear up, though. You said yeah. thinking of, you mm. was thinking when you were younger because yeah. we're a grown up adult show and we wouldn't yeah. think that here. Cause, yeah, you know. But because um, <laughs> we're grown up. <laughs> but now I'm thinking, like, imagine meeting someone you really don't know them. You can be two, three, four, five years in. You mm. really don't know them, know them. Yeah. And you're gonna spend the rest of your time in a partnership with with this thing that's um been told you've been told how to do this thing but it's you and that person mm. and you have to grow to learn each other but there's this thing that tells you how to both be mm. that doesn't make sense so what would you say to someone who said like oh my mom and dad have been married for 60 years there's always someone that pops up with a 40 yeah, year marriage yeah. in the, how in the many, chamber how many of those examples exist they're so rare one of the I've said it on this show before one of the hardest things to do on this planet while you're alive is to have a successful relationship that mm. lasts the distance. It's so hard to do. It's so rare to, to meet that person that mm. you can have in your life that, mm. that it's a rarity and it's not going to be everybody's portion. Yeah. It just won't be. And that, and if it's not your portion and you do happen to meet a partner, don't put all these other things on top. Like find out where you both are first mm. and that, and having a union sounds way better than having a, a marriage that is unhealthy. Yeah. Have a union where the more you learn to be with each other, you can then start adding things too. But it doesn't have to be marriage. It could be kids. You can get a house together and, mm. and do the journey of life together. So mm. you've got a partner, but anything else doesn't make sense. Yeah. Kimberly, you, you kind of alluded to divorce being difficult. You're not necessarily going into the specifics, but like what are some of the things that made it feel extra unequitable and difficult when you were going through that? Um, <clears throat> I think I was raised to not air your dirty laundry mm. and the process of divorce is airing all of your laundry, mm. the clean okay. and the dirty. So that's very uncomfortable. So in essence, you're incentivized to, I don't know, speak bad of that person or to present their worst of them. I'll tell you something. The first time I attempted to get divorced, I found the lawyer incredibly aggressive. Mm. And I thought, mm, no, that's aggressive not... Aggressive against you or <clears throat> against oh, them? Oh, no, no, no. Not against me. Just the approach was okay. aggressive. It yeah. was... To me, 
the law is I get it because I, I certainly learned my lesson but it's it's they're there to take care of you as the individual right and they're on your side you're the one paying them they're there for you I have a very um I want to divorce this person, but I don't hate this person. Mm. This person, yes, there's reasons I want to divorce them, but they're not this entirely horrible, mm. evil human being. Mm. <laughs> and I found that in our meetings, you know, as you're discussing the relationship, the marriage, the children, the assets, the everything, one is incredibly clinical, but it's also kind of the narrative is this person is bad. Let's yeah. make sure that they don't get away with being bad. Mm. And that wasn't my mindset. So I right. found it quite aggressive. Um, when I went back the second time, it was like, told you. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I should have listened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They serve their purpose, but the process is uncomfortable because yeah. it's um, it's aggressive and it's, uh, yeah. So are, are you saying that, in, so you go to the meeting and then because they know what happens in the process, they just come out on 10? The, I think they also just, they see the worst of human nature. Right. They see people greedy they see people yeah. being spiteful they see the worst of people divorce lawyers they're seeing a lot of shit yeah. and it's just like they kind of know what to anticipate is coming and they're kind of approaching it from that perspective and, and like i say hard. they serve their purpose mm. right mm. anyone if your lawyer is trying to protect you let your lawyer protect you <laughs> there's, <laughs> <laughs> there's, <laughs> they're serving their purpose but i found it as i don't i actually don't have family members who've experienced divorce mm. um so you don't have anyone to say okay this to coach you through it it was yeah. my first time in that seat and i just found it an aggressive process um and it's just horrible. Like I say, just airing your dirty laundry is horrible. I also think it encourages this, not greed necessarily, but you have to be so focused on your, um, what you're trying to get out of it, mm. right? That it's very easy to get lost in that process because you're thinking about, okay, what do you deserve? And they'll put the, I, I find that they throw the kids in there. Like, oh, this is about the kids. Yeah. But at the same time, in my experience, it's a smaller part of the conversation because yeah. when you're talking about assets, when you're talking about pensions, when you talk, kids aren't a part of that conversation. No. Um, so I, I know family law says it's about the kids, but in the conversation, the kids don't feel so centered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, it's not really. I it, think th in th a roundabout way, it is. It, it, it <laughs> is in the sense that they want to create uh, enough security for you so that you can provide. But they center the children as if like the children are sitting there waiting for an equitable division of your yes. pension pot, which <laughs> is not what they give an absolute toss about at all. No. But it means that you stay powerful and isn't that you don't you don't have to rely on that man for support going forward. So yeah, it's it like it's sense. like the kids will benefit from you being financially stable. And yeah. and that's how they're looking after the kids. But then for you to consider, okay, how do you come out, you know, financially stable and okay or whatever, you getting to this mindset, okay, this is what I contribute, this is what I have mm. this is what I want and the conversation it, it creates two separate camps mm. the, the nature of it yeah. so if you're already you're ready okay we're no longer going to be together that's the mm. camps have been created but then the conversations that you have while moving mm. through the legal system they kind of further mm. amplify <laughs> the fact um, that everything is now separate mm. I have a question because and I'm not quite sure if this was an, an, an American case or not but I've heard that uh, during the divorce, 
uh, process, there is a chance that your children might have to come in for um, almost as if to give some oh, evidence, some in, evidence a in a way. In the UK, there is a custody. In the UK, it happens if they're 10 years and older. Mm. Mm. Um, so they will. So the kids are not as sheltered from the process as. Uh, if if your child is 10 years and up, uh, the court may say, okay, they would like to have the opinion of the child. Mm. So it's not like they're sat down in front of a judge or anything. They'll okay. be with uh, mediators or whatever. And but that's only referring to like child access and stuff like that, isn't it? It's like referring to custody mm. specifically. That's only if there's a dispute and you can't come to an agreement. If there's a dispute, the you can't to come decide. to an agreement. Yeah, but I, I, what I do like about the divorce process in the UK, I don't know about it very much in the US, uh, but you have to go through mediation. So if you disagree on things, you have to go through mediation. Mediation is a lot friendlier <laughs> than mediating with lawyers because you can also mediate with lawyers. Yeah. If you guys are like, mediation doesn't work, your lawyers can talk to each other. That's incredibly aggressive. Uh, but if you go to mediators, the mediator, and they take emotion out of it, which is really helpful, mm. and they're just dealing with the facts of the situation. Mm. And even if the conversation goes left, the mediator is able to kind of bring you, regroup you, bring you back. Mm. Um, and I find that mediators, they're a lot better at keeping things calm, Yes, I find, than lawyers. Yeah. Well, because if the emotion is what keeps the billing going higher, because <laughs> yeah. um, the more you hate them, the less you want to deal with them in an equitable way. So you end up yeah. just getting into an argument for a session. But at the same time, I found the mediation process drawn out unnecessarily so I, I think because like for from my perspective we, our relationship was already unorthodox so the the end of it was very unorthodox in the sense that it was a very simple conversation but what then made it longer and more complicated was the media that was the most complex part because you had to do a minimal amount of sessions which i think was like six or something oh and really yeah they were like you have to do these six sessions and so it felt like we agreed everything at the end of the first session this is what we're doing financially this is what we're doing with the children. It's been pre-agreed. Great. Okay, cool. So then it was like, right, so can we get every... So then he would just ask questions about it more and more, which I felt like for the first two sessions was good because it meant that it wasn't just us saying, everything's fine, split. You genuinely got an idea of what was happening for both people. But then once we got everything written down and we had both signed it, it was like an evidence week. So we did a week of evidence. Like, here's all the supporting evidence for what we have and what we're going to do. Great. Then it just felt like the next two sessions were just like, just checking in. <laughs> but these are once a month sessions. So, and it's like, I think it's like 450 for like 200 and something, 275 each, each per yes. session. Oh, mm. no. So it's like, it just starts to add up and you're like, uh, I think we're done. I'm not sure if they require, I don't, don't quote me, but I, I know I wasn't required to do six sessions, but so there are things that you have to do, like the exchange of evidence. Yes. And when you come to an agreement on your divorce, mm. the court, if you want it court ordered, so you can do everything without the courts. I yeah. don't advise you do that because yeah. it's a mess. But if you do go through the court, if you agree something, the court then has to look at your agreement. The court looks at your financial situation because the court has to be satisfied that it's a sustainable agreement. Mm. So you can't just they avoid that you can't just say okay we're just going to do this just yeah. to maintain you can't do that because yeah. the core like what well, is this sustainable is this viable can mm. you afford this and then they're like okay we agree to your agreement yeah. <laughs> and and, and, they, and you can go back and yeah. petition the court and be like actually um the circumstances have changed and i feel like i 
would like to make a claim or mm. like to do things differently. So you can go back to it. And if they feel like there is enough grounds, um, like if it happened too quickly under mm. duress without enough support and advice or whatever, you can go back. Mm. But I think the key thing is like breaking down a, a marriage. Would you do it again? I would get married I again. Was I love that. <laughs> that was exactly what I was about to I say. I absolutely would get married again. And the reason I would get married again is it's not for love. The first time I got married was for love and because I was following a script mm. that I thought you follow. You mm. get married, you have your children, so on and so forth. Now I would get married because it's an already kind of written, uh, legal, legally binding financial agreement. So things like um, if I want to have a long-term relationship, which I do, I believe in long-term committed mm. relationships, um, I would want that, for example, to keep the government out of my relationship as much as possible. Mm. So mm -hmm. when it comes to uh, the transfer of assets, the transfer of money between a husband and a wife, mm. uh, the government takes nothing from that. And I yeah. like that. <laughs> Whereas if I'm a boyfriend and a girlfriend and we transfer assets between ourselves the government takes a piece mm. um so just for th really mundane things Practical like reasons. that not for the romance not for religion mm. uh it's purely for insurance and financial kind mm. of legally binding financial stuff and knowing the divorce process you know when no one goes into a marriage saying oh i need to think about the divorce process but knowing the process now and you still want to get married how would mm. you handle that divorce process I should never have married my first husband. I think when you're young, you know, uh, there's statistics about this. The first marriages, there's a high uh, divorce rate. Mm. In second marriages, it's not so high. Uh, because I think we just understand ourselves more. We understand why we're getting married to the people that we're getting married to. So mm. I would like to think that if and when I do get married again, the likelihood of divorce is not going to be so high <laughs> because I'm actually going to partner mm. with somebody who's a good match for me. Mm. If we were to, I would have, for example, prenup agreements. I think that they're very useful. Mm. I think, I think we were having a conversation about this when I came <laughs> over for dinner, <laughs> weren't we? <laughs> I feel like this is our dinner conversation yeah, yeah, yeah. just in this Recorded. room. Recorded. Yeah. Um, no, I, I. Do women like signing prenups? I think there's a, there's look at me. I think there's a pop culture idea. Yeah that women are money hungry <laughs> gold diggers and we hate prenups mm. <laughs> but that's just a I fabricated blame kanye for that yeah that's i think a fabricated or something that the very rich the ridiculously rich and wealthy have to deal with and yeah. us regular people not so much yeah. I if think you're earning five figures it's a bit absurd <laughs> to a prenup for a prenup, but yeah you, but i think a prenup uh, for me why would i would do it is because I think you make an agreement about how you walk away from each other when you're in love and happy and yeah. you like each other. Yeah, It's not going to be influenced by negative emotion, by anger, yeah. by spite. Mm. It's you've made this with sound mind. I have good feelings towards you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not yeah. trying to make you live a bad life. You're not trying to make me live a bad mm. life. This is what we're doing. With our sound mind, we're agreeing mm. that if we were we were to walk away mm. from each other, this is how we would do it. Do you feel like there's always one party that feels like they're either emasculated or getting the short end of the stick when there's being spoken of of prenups? Because prenups feels like it could be a swear word or like a like an insult or like a insinuation of gold digging of you know what I mean? Yeah, like but is I, there I emotion? Think, I think it's a part of that adult conversation which we don't have. So I think a lot of the this is why I say the, the automation of marriage is like a lot of things are unsaid. 
because we just assume that it's romantic love and it's authentic and it's real. Mm. The reality is once you've gone through it, it's such a violent process for someone to experience that they know they would never do it again the same way. Yeah. And actually, if you advise people to do that up front, it avoids so much impact. Mm. Also, people, people don't talk about the divorce process is a time drain. Like the amount, I think these sessions are an hour and a half, maybe two hour sessions. Yes. Um, and and I did six. So I'm talking about how much time you have to sit there, not only including prep and stuff. It, it's such, like you can't do it at work. You can't be in your job or try to be doing anything practical. You can't be parenting in the background. So it does become a really challenging thing to experience. You have to go into these things with much better provisions. Mm -hmm. I think the construct works if you've got two hyper-religious people who live very standardized existences, um, it might work better. But I think a lot of the people I know are creatives or gig economists mm. or uh, entrepreneurs or travel a lot. Or, you know, if, if you do any of those things, it makes it a little bit harder to form a marriage. That's Because a lot of ma marriages are about anchoring and it's about stillness and consistency and reliability. And if you just move a lot, that even that gets lost in it all. Like, where do you live? Like, what jurisdiction are you under? It changes the game as to what all those mm. things mean. Um, I did want to quickly jump on something that you said about um, providing is universal. Um, in essence, we look at what men can provide, but the way you provide, your ability to provide is very specific, which you identified. If you think about how you see men now, what role is... I think it's even that doesn't even make sense. I'm, I'm posing a question of like, what role do men play? But I feel like that's so narrowing in its question. Like any partner of yours, what is it that you're looking for? Oh, I certainly want, I choose partners that I think I feel protected by, but I also hope my partners feel protected by me. Um, what does that look like? As in like uh, a feminine protection? What does that mm. look like? Um, I think an obvious one is like an emotional, mental safety. Mm. Mm. that I'd like my partner to feel when in relationship with me. Yeah. Um, so I can tell you my things and I, I feel anchored. You in can tell me, you can trust that I remain curious about how you think. Mm. Um, you can trust that um, you have privacy with me when required. You mm. can trust that there's a safeguarding of you even from my emotions or my mental load load mm. <laughs> um or there's uh, you know so there's there's that type of physical safety i also expect that my partner feels physically safe so you're um, not gonna protected. punch him in the face and hit him with things that i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be violent towards you and i'm not gonna invite violence into your experience mm. even mm. if it doesn't come directly one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. angry lover it could be from <laughs> you know what that's a really because uh, I've, I've had some real stinkers in my in my life and I, I think I was sitting there telling someone by the way I don't know what happens here but I go into a stream of consciousness and somewhere through I'll go in a, a, and I'll just, I'll just share a whole bunch of stuff and I'll be like that was quite wild <laughs> but I, I've been in a relationship where um, I was sleeping and their ex came and climbed the balcony and started banging on the window Whoa. at like one in the morning. That's great. <laughs> and so I'm like asleep and I'm actually like naked and the, the housemate opens their window and he comes in through the no. window <laughs> into the room. Now, for, for God, for, good, naked. For, for gracious, no, it's fine. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a strong guy. I'm a good guy. <laughs> it was all in my favor. Yeah, so it all worked. But when he walked in, he just observed and then just started yelling, not even at me, like past me to her. And I was just like, this could have been so much different. I, I never forgave the friend that let the person in the window. I refuse to talk to them to this day, by the way, because that could have been so yeah. much left mm. off. But, 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 the, but the fundamental point of like that safety of even letting me know that there is somebody who feels they can be knocking on your window mm. would be great in advance yeah. <laughs> I, have a, I have someone in my life who may knock on the window would be, <laughs> I'd be like, I'm going home. So, I, and I think like, when you talk about the type of safety, we never talk about how men can be safeguarded because I think men just get sent into war mm. and never really considered that actually I'm, I'm only going to send you to war if it's essential, if it's needed. Yeah. Um, and we don't really consider that as a women's role because I think we obviously try to protect women from... I think we don't talk about it, but I always consider it. I don't like being around women that I don't feel safe around. What, 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 what would you consider? Like? Yeah, what does yeah. not safe look like for you? Um, if I share something with you, you're gonna go and tell all your friends. And okay, yeah. Like um, some guy might want to beat me up because I'm walking streets with you, or yeah. just all that mm. weird stuff. I'm just like the drama. I don't like. Mm. I don't like women with a lot of drama. In fact, let me reverse. I don't like people that have mm. way too much drama. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. it's a I'm just thing. like you're. You're going to affect me with that drama and. I can't yeah. sign up for it. Yeah. So but I, the I thing is, you know why it's important to use distinction between men and women in the type of drama? Because we know the guy that rolls with the crew, but he ends up getting into a fight that we now all have to kind of back yeah. to some degree. And now there's like revenge attacks, police. There's all sorts of things that yeah. can happen. Yeah. There's a particular type of violence a woman can evoke in terms of motivating people yeah. to hate you, to attack you yeah. with passion, which yeah. is different. And I think like the amount of men who have got into a confrontation because a woman has gone back to a brother, a cousin, or another male friend and said, this guy did this to me, or he said this to mm -hmm. me, mm -hmm. and created all hell. And you realize that there is some people, this is where it does get generic, people who just create chaos yeah. wherever they go. Yeah. But I think that particular type of violence is some of the worst stuff that I've seen. Like, and again, I've been involved in that. People have come to me and said, oh, this guy did this to me. And I'm like, no way then I'm finding myself changing how I interact with somebody yeah. or I'm now challenging this person. And it, it happened to me one particular time and like this person was being called like an abuser or he was like 
coming outside my house. He was stalking me. All the big words you can think of were being used for this person. And they, and they were they were in a public eye in, in, to a degree. And I remember um, being like, look, the number one thing is I don't want to go in and get into your story, but I will make it be clear that you are loved and connected by people. We're not just going to allow you to go through an experience. So I was like, my way of dealing with it is, is that I will create proximity to, to, to with him and subconsciously let him know that like we're we're aware and we're in a knowing that, but it's not okay, yeah. yeah. Without going into the details of the story, um. So I did this. I invited him to my house. Uh, uh we sat down with them, and I, I remember talking to him, and, and then it didn't add up. It did, and I know I know people can misrepresent, but it just didn't add up the yeah. the experiences that were being communicated to me versus what his experiences were, and he wasn't he had no awareness yet that it. That had come from this place and I was like actually I've presented myself into a situation without the knowing of what's going on mm. and then years went by and then I got further confirmation that that information was incorrect and actually it's like we have to be mindful as men like not to become tools of like this change that we're trying to create mm. and we don't put our minds to it and I do think and unfairly or fairly I, I, I feel like it may impact people more than it benefits but you know, men have decided that they're not willing to go full on into supporting and protecting women in a way that they need to because they have a question mark over things mm. and it doesn't allow them to fully to support these things. So it ends up, they end up becoming almost barriers to the change or mm. indifferent when they do need to act. And I think I've spoke to you about this once. It's just like, how, how do you, this is going into another topic, but please don't go too far into it. But how do you distinguish between when to show up and create and respond to the need of safety and when to like, actually this is not for me and not my scope. And actually I just leave it as it is. Do you have a view? Kimberly? <laughs> <laughs> I have a view. I, I actually went, w I watched two friends, um, known them both for about 20 years. They met each other at some event. They started dating and it went left very quick mm. to the point that police got involved and wow. tear, tear, tear and whatnot. And I had to be there thinking I can't take sides mm. and that. And I heard both their versions of events and I was just like, cool, I'm just going to be both your friends and not take the other side mm. and just stay out of it. And I think it's kind of strained the relationship that I had with the lady, but my friend, because I've had to create a distance and whatnot, it strained that relationship too, that we're not as close as we were. Mm. And that, and I just resent that I was thrown in the middle of yeah. it. Yeah. And that's so, yeah. It is, it is difficult. It is difficult. Um, Do we have any other uh, stories? What's the next one? Do you have a sharing? I do. My phone's not with me, but I do. So, um, <laughs> I've been hooked on this these chronicles. You uh, and the whole and the whole <laughs> internet. Tell us about <laughs> the chronicles. So it's this 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 woman on TikTok has created um, a storyline, and it's called "Who the f did I marry?" Here is part one of "Who the f did I marry?" <laughs> an, on an ongoing theme from today's show. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, at, as I'm as far as I'm aware, there's 56. Uh, TikTok allows you to film in 10 minutes max. I think she's about, she's on 60 now. Is she on 60 now? Yeah, so it's continuing. And and you've watched every single no, one. No, I haven't. I'm on <laughs> numbers 18. 
of oh. 50 of That's 60. Still a commitment, Apparently though. two of them are 45 minutes long. I don't know how that happened, but somehow. Really? Yeah, I saw a woman being like, number 18 and 19 are 45 minutes long. Get on the Stairmaster, <laughs> get your headphones, yeah, and yeah. time will fly by. I was yeah. like, what is happening? You no, know, I was doing laundry and like <laughs> listening to this. This is like a new no. way of doing a novel. I think so. It's, 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 what, what's what's the context? Listening. Sorry, tell us. Sorry, we're so, just jumping so in. So the idea is that she... Um, she got married she met somebody online mm. and within a month they were living together mm. uh and within five months they were engaged mm. uh there was a pregnancy and sadly uh, a miscarriage and a lot of things happened uh and her summary is that she was married to a pathological liar mm. possibly a narcissist mm. um and and she's just revealing everything that happened and she says i'm going to tell you the story even the parts that make me look stupid or make me look you know ugly or whatever the case might be i'm going to tell you the whole thing because mm. the red flags everywhere everywhere e everywhere um but yeah so you know typical love bombing uh this person entered her life and and speaking of finances you know she says as somebody who's been this independent working woman taking care of her bills in her home it's intoxicating to have this man enter her life. Mm. He was paying her rent, her mm. car note. Wow. She didn't have to worry about finances. He was taking care of everything. Mm. So that was intoxicating mm. to her. And I think a big thing that also kind of kept her, as well as him paying all of the monthly bills, being six foot five, and you know, all the rest <laughs> of it. It's a small, it club. <laughs> it's a small club of <laughs> men. And we, we really do feel like we protect oh, more okay, people Marvin than Harris. we. Okay, Marvin Harris. Thank you. But he also was just like, listen, I've got he a savings say account. He was a VP of a company? He's a VP of a condiments company. <laughs> He's on oh. 200000 a year. He has an, a savings account of 700000 He's got a pre-approved mortgage, mortgage letter mm. from Chase Bank, the American bank. And he's got an offshore account, mm. right? So the financial security that this mm. man was presenting to her on a platter intoxicated her mm. and made her ignore a lot of red flags mm. a lot of red flags so i'm on chapter 18 so someone <laughs> did a summary someone did a brief summary and i don't want to spoil it for people who do want to go do you have it but there's a twin <laughs> is there a twin oh, this <laughs> no. sounds like a soap opera this now. man okay. this man lied about having brother having sisters instead of brothers so he swapped those things around she said, for, if you remember, like, let's say I was with this man for 18 months. In the 18 months, every day he was on a call with his friends talking about, mm -hmm. talking about me. And he was like, oh, babe, Darwood says hi. And then she would scream, oh, Darwood, hi. And then she found out that none of these people existed. <laughs> they, they didn't exist. They, he pretended to be on the call. This is during COVID. So this is why everyone is quarantining. Yeah. yeah. So life was weird you know, and having access in real life to people was, mm. of course, limited, which is why I think he got away with a lot of At things At least he got well. an adventure out of it. So. I think it's one of those things where, like, wow, I wonder, like I wonder where the reward comes to tell that story. And I think it could have been innocent and kind of escalated. But I've noticed that so much of these stories have been brought into the internet in a way where it's like, I, I think I showed you that the, there was a video of a man, a son, with his mother and he just went straight up and started calling her a narcissist he was like i want to talk to you today because i think you're a narcissist i think it's really important that we talk about it and she was like what the hell 
and became really defensive. And then he was so like using mm. his therapy language on his mother on the fudging internet, explaining to how his mum's problematic. Mm. And I was just like, I feel like this is a conversation you need to have mm. at home away from us and then present that later maybe at the best. Mm. But I feel like bringing these big things, that one's probably less so because if something happened to you and you know, there's a story, it's a story. But it's amazing how invested we are in those types of stories. Mm. They're more compelling than anything on Netflix. I don't 100%. think I've seen that level of passion on TikTok because my feed became it. It was yeah. just like, <laughs> I, and I never watched any of it, but I watched, I, I saw the first bit of a one and I was like, Ugh, and I moved on. By the time I got to like half an hour later, I had seen 15 response videos, <laughs> her episode nine. I was just like, what's going on here? This has taken over an app. Mm. Um, she's taken over. She's taken over the internet right now with her with her stories. But but then obviously people being people, cloud chasers. Someone shared his details on there. But oh, she didn't wow. tag his him. details. She didn't. Someone else that's involved. No, not involved, but kind of figured it one out. One of his other exes or one of his shared his handle. So he apparently has a response as well. Oh wow! <laughs> so it's. It's this crazy. is going to go on. Look, I it's tell crazy. you now. Everyone is demanding. So this really happened because I'm still struggling no, to believe this really, same No, this really, really, really happened. happened. And she so didn't did reveal did any did identities. Mm. So that's, that's did, she was did very Did he careful. take her for some money? No. no. So this is, this is, so she believes he's a pathological liar. Yeah. They don't need mm. a reason to lie, mm. um, number one. Yeah. But then sh her thing is that he may also be a narcissist or a mm. sadist or something. So he, she believes that what he enjoyed was giving her something to be excited by knowing within himself she was never going to get it mm. because there were houses there were cars there were all these things that he were lying about that he was lying about that he knew were never going to come mm. to fruition because mm. so like he wasn't he, he wasn't somebody said this in the comments right they were like usually men like this they're trying to get your money mm. but he was covering all the bills this wasn't about her money at all at all. That's crazy. Yeah. Um I I I thought about the the pathological liar but that she was saying and I I went to go actually find out what it actually is in terms of mm. because people love calling each other pathological liars <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but it really nasty. is just not that. So according to the Newport Institute of Mental Health, being a pathological liar is not a mental health diagnosis. However, the word patholo pathological indicates that there are an underlying pathology or illness cat uh, catalyzing the lying behave the lying behavior. Pathological lying is defined as by some experts as lying five or more times daily every day for longer than six months. Oh, wow. Now, That's interesting. he might be because he was on the phone every day during COVID, lying about family, lying about... She said he would have, apparently would have Bluetooth head uh, earpieces mm. in and he would apparently be talking to his boss and he would show her emails about his boss asking for his help the CEO of the company asking him for help because he's the vice president and then she found out that he's actually a temp he's <laughs> just a temp that's crazy <laughs> so no, mortgage he agreements went to work. all of those things so he, so was he vice might be yeah. a pathological liar so, so uh, as women what is the most violent part of a man that would do that what, what's the actual part because it's in essence he's providing in some some sort of service mm. What for you is the like the most offensive or scary part? You don't know who you're with. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the point of the videos. Who did I marry? You yeah. do not know the person that you're living with, that you're sharing a life with at mm. all. But you know what? In America, and I've got to say this, and I think men, the, the whole peacock thing, 
that we do t- in order to attract women. In America, it seems that money's the new thing that makes you attractive. So uh, yes, he's six foot five, but money made him more attractive. I love that you pointed to me when you said that. <laughs> Continue. Sorry. That. But um, a short guy with money becomes six foot five in mm. America. Mm. Well, I think anywhere though. Yeah. I don't think it's like, America. Yeah. My man from Everywhere. what's he? Danny DeVito. Mm. He's a billionaire. We need He's to give chopping Short anything that he wants to chop. Oh, wait, need more I, love. I, need, I need you to say that again. We Sorry. need to give Short Kings more love. Yeah. Well, ba- basically, <laughs> I'm saying money. Do you, man, man, do you money. Like Short Kings? Is that a thing? I, I, yeah, I do like Short Kings. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you look at me when you said that? <laughs> didn't mean to. I don't know. I'm not that short, you know. I'm just under six. That's. I'm not actually joking. You people out there, like, I'm, I'm yeah. just under six. It's, it's all a rumor now because I've already look, made it. And I got bow legs. Wow. What did he say? I don't He's know, got man. bow legs. Oh, um, I love I, a I have bow leg. One. Oh wow! <laughs> oh wow! This is oh. <laughs> this is going somewhere Should else. Should we leave? Um, I have another one, and, and this is actually relative. And I know the moment's kind of passed, but I do think it's important. So everyone, just listening. Usher drama highlights why many young men do not have a partner and probably won't have a partner during their lifetime. Many of you guys have probably seen this picture circulating around the internet or you probably watched it during the Super Bowl halftime show. If you're a man, you'll probably believe that Alicia Keys was super wrong, out of pocket. If you're a woman, you probably think that Usher and Alicia Keys were just performers and there's absolutely nothing wrong with performing when you are paid to perform. That seemingly small disagreement is part of a larger trend where men in the United States and around the world are moving more to the right while women are moving more to the left. So what does that have to do with anything? Right-wing ideology views relationships and marriage as a man having dominion over his wife. Therefore, when a woman becomes married, she cannot do the things that she would have done as a single woman, right? Alicia Keys and Usher have been performing like this for decades. However, men are throwing a fit about it now because she is married, i.e. she has someone that has dominion over her and her body. Whereas right-wing ideology and many men in general view partnership as dominion, a lot of women and left-wing ideologists view partnership as a companionship. They view it as, okay, Alicia Keys is a performer, she's a baddie, she's always been a baddie. The job of her companion is to support her in her baddieship. Women are now saying that if being partnered means you having dominion over me, I would rather be a baddie and not be partnered. Mm. Meanwhile, Whoa. men are... So. Yeah. I right. think it comes down to what we were talking about, or at least that I was referring to society putting those things on you. Mm. And Common's response was just... What I was mean, Common's response? His response was just... Swiss speech, you, you mean? Whoop. <laughs> I was thinking Wrong light-skinned guy. I know, I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, his, response, his response was, you're focusing on the wrong thing. Did you see her dress? Did you see that amazing performance? Yeah. Well done. Create two S- legends making magic. So he see, w- that's he, a secure That dude. was a secure response. Mm, yeah. However, I think it is that. It is the chit-chat on the internet around that's disrespectful. It was the same with Kiki Palmer. Mm. Um, do you know it, it had there was a great look divide. What it, look, what it, look what it did to her, man! It's it unraveled, unraveled so him so much because he's so insecure. Yeah, but like, what, what? Well, imagine that you've got Kiki, you've just had a child with her. You should be protecting that relationship. Let her go and have fun. No, like, he's insecure and financially insecure yeah, as well. Yeah, so, so there's so, he so much. Abusive? He was very abusive. Yeah. There was video footage of him being mm. abusive. So I, I think it's interesting because I think those things unravel inauthenticity. 
And yeah. I think whenever you've pulled up too much of a light to a situation, those things have to come out. Um, but then does that then mean that like, I've lost my question. <laughs> but I, I do understand what she's saying, like in terms of that dominion of a, a woman. Mm. And it's why the, the Andrew Tates and people like that, they mm. thrive right now because this pushback against feminism and it comes to the, the share that you had about um, whether feminism is so c too close to the sun. Mm. There just seems to be this war happening between men and women at the moment. And I don't get it. Mm. Like, and it's probably because I'm not on the internet. I don't feel affected by it. But every time like I, I put my head above the parapet, it seems like there's a war going on between the genders. And I'm like, this is all nonsense. Mm. Something feels like it's designed to keep us apart. And... Whatever's happening is driving men, as she said, to, to the, the right. right and women to the left. Mm. Like, nobody should be dictating what sort of relationship you have because yeah. you have to live with that relationship day Very in, true. day out. Yeah. Nobody should be putting their mind on it. They're not living within your relationship. You mm. have to, you and your partner should be defining your relationship by yourselves. Yeah. So glad for Swiss Beats' reaction. Mm. Like, yeah. it's so on point. That's how, how he, he also didn't, he didn't actually address. Yeah. The commentary of what was yeah. going on. He just yeah. said that the focal point is it's wrong. wrong. Yeah, which is true. Like Yeah, but like when he, I saw when I saw Alicia's dress, I I thought, oh, Swiss is enjoying life. <laughs> like she is. Yeah. Like, but I think what you're saying is it doesn't mean that he is not bothered. He just didn't address it. He yeah, like so I I, I think it, it, yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I think it's more just like you have to explain the guiding thoughts that say that you shouldn't be bothered because they're performers. And I think because he didn't address that. No, nobody changed their opinion based on that. It was mm. just like, if you felt that way already, you just had an additional point to make. Well, his husband doesn't care. But anyone that thought that that was offensive didn't learn anything Absolutely. from the dialogue of what he Absolutely. created. Um, the actual question that I, I wanted to ask is, uh, I was going to throw it to Kimberly actually first, but do you have an adjustment of like respectability politics that you engage in when you enter a relationship? Is, is there a little echo that says, oh, absolutely. well, I'm with a man, so I shouldn't do this, and you just don't do no, things that you intuitively would do? No, I certainly don't say I'm with a man, so I shouldn't do this. But when I'm living life by myself, mm. I'm living it by my own boundaries, my own rules, my mm. own... It's What's mine. your life like, man? <laughs> <laughs> wow. When... <laughs> Never mind. When I have a partner, I now have to consider someone else yeah. naturally, um, and so I'm I'm going in my consideration of the other person. I'm sure I navigate a little bit differently. Mm. Um, my home, I think, when I'm single, you can call me any time of the day. Mm. I don't mind. If I'm partnered, you might be disturbing me. Mm. And so maybe I don't want you to call me at any time. Mm. Of the day. Are you Not talking to me? Because I ring, so. <laughs> is this the, are you advertising? No, I address it to okay, everyone. Okay, cool, because I like to call without to call. Don't tell me I can't call. I address it to everyone. Or first. you may not, you just may not get hold of me. Um, mm. Because you're working and then you come home and you want to have your time with your partner. So mm. I'm, I'm less available maybe. But it's not because, oh, I've got a man and he says or... I've got to respect him. Mm. I respect him, of course. But it's not because of the man, but the context it creates exactly. means that you may or may not be available more and yeah. more. Uh, so what about I you, Ramantha? Are you someone that respects me politics? Would you change <laughs> your behavior? Would you stop twerking because you have a man or would you continue? No, I would twerk for my man. Oh. And my man better enjoy you it. would like, like to twerk. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Why are like, you even yeah. here? How did you make it yeah. here? Um, <laughs> Where did you put that letter? Because <laughs> that's you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Twerking. <laughs> That is I that is you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not lecherous. 
I'm not lecherous. We, we, don't, we don't know what <laughs> that word means because yeah, I, only, I, I only got nine GCSEs. So what's lecherous mean? I don't know. Like that, just you know, leery, pervy. Oh mm. no, but you was like, you because she started <laughs> saying twerking, <laughs> and he looked at both of you. He was like, yeah, yeah twerking. Also, also, like, I have power two, to use that. Two podcasts back, you were like, yeah. you did something. You like did that, do remember? a face. <laughs> so, by the way, we stored these and we have them in a folder have them for, in a folder for our gift yeah. session. This is. I can't even say it. Yeah. This God. is racism. Oh, God. Nigeria's not a race, okay? <laughs> this is racism. You're storing shit against me. Yeah. We, we are, that's the power we of being the editors. We have a, a Darwood folder. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. So, so yeah, um, add that one then. So, I, I, I agree with Kim, Kimberly. It is... There is a level of... How do you see me? How do you view me? I th- I think I try and figure that out at first. How do you see me? Do you see me as a respectable person? Do you love what you see? And what are there signs that you would want to change it? Because I think her saying, oh, women believe, women on the left believe that I'm a baddie, so partnership means that you support me in my baddiness. Fine. Yeah, th- I thought that was an interesting line. I'm not Fine. sure that was that, that was in practical That terms. can go either way. That mm. could be... I go to these sexual branches. Do you remember the video? Oh, God. I go to these branches where these men are oiled up or whatever. Chocolate men. Chocolate men or whatever. I go to that. And now I have a man and I'm like, I'm definitely not changing that. I still want to see other men. Depends what your relationship is. But there is a level of, that's a bit disrespectful, you know. I would not do something that I think my partner sees as disrespectful. Unless it's something that you found me doing and... I was confident in that. So I can stand by that and say, no, Chocolate Men is just pure fun for me. You get to go to the strip club, so I don't understand why that's any different. So there is a conversation that needs to be had, but I think when it comes to consideration, for me it's about respect, but it's also subjective to your partner. So you can't just be a blanket statement of respect means not wearing a thong on a yacht and shaking my ass. Mm. That 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 doesn't apply to everyone. Because some men are like, oh, please do that. Oh, please continue doing that. I uh-huh. love you for that. But we find that men go often for women that they feel like they can change. And that's where the problem comes in. If you feel like, I, I aspire to to Kimberly because I see her on an island in a bikini all the time. On Is Instagram. this literal? Sorry. Oh. And now, now that I have <laughs> her, it's a problem. Out, now that I have her, it's a yeah, problem. It's like, sense. You're always your ass is always out. Why you you like me because of that? So yeah, ba- basically, that just speaks to a man's insecurities because but what I attracted you, you know that other men are going to be attracted to exactly. you. But the, my, my my whole thing and that sometimes you're just walking down the street and you're looking at a woman and then you realize the boyfriend's standing right there mm. and that and my whole thing and I always want to tell the guys, boss, nobody wants a woman, no one wants and um, would look at. You don't want an ugly chick on your arm. You don't. You really don't. Like you should take pride that your woman still attracts those looks. And if you're smart, you'll realize that she's still attracting looks from other men. And you'll be romantic so that she don't go and seek attention from elsewhere. You'll give her the attention she needs. We spoke about that earlier on. But what what is that? Um, and, and this is slightly loaded as a question, but in, in the sense that in a man's domain to protect and provide, if a woman's behavior then invites men to 
ogle look where he feels like he has to protect the space around these women or whatever. But women can't control men's behaviors towards yeah. them. No, really. no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm saying. Well, it's not about controlling. It's about knowing what the climate is. We just know what the, the chances of something happens if we're walking together, and I don't even know what you would be doing that would create an increased chance of a man doing something that's justifiable. But you're something happens. You're out together. And you're twerking, and then like this guy's looking, and then now we've got eye contact. The chances of that turning Ooh, into you and that guy. Yeah, All we right. now we now are at a potential odds. Is 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 there any form of collective responsibility about just how we move because we don't want to move in a particular way? Is that a choice that we get to a man gets to influence into a woman's behavior, or is that still you a man overreaching in terms of inviting a woman in and being like, look? It's cool. I get that. That's what you do, and I met you doing. But when that happens, when I'm standing there, the me. context is now different, and it now could create something that I now have to deal with, and I'd rather not deal with it. Would that impact your behavior? <coughs> if it might impact you, if that if, th if there's a situation where I feel like people are gonna try and dominate or intimidate you because they're trying to get to me, then of course that's that's a little you know you need to assess the environment. Mm. Um, if I go up to someone and twerk with them, knowing very well you're standing there mm. and it becoming a problem, of course I won't do that. Mm. But I also feel like women are, in general, this is a blanket statement, but women are very policed in terms of true, uh, in terms of what what we create, the reactions we create for other men, mm -hmm. based on either what we wear, how we dance, how we. D how we play hard to get, how we are too forward, how we talk too much, how we laugh at their jokes. Mm. I can't control most of those things. And if I'm having a good time and I hap a song happens to come on that I twerk to, uh, do I do I stop myself and say, "Ooh, this is not the environment for it," or do I do I create do I stop that moment for myself and be like, "I'd rather not do it." Well, I think because what I liked in that you said is joint responsibility. Mm. <coughs> I think. We do have a joint responsibility to answer your question and to what you said, Darwood, about just being away from people who create drama or attract drama. Mm. So, for example, um, <clears throat> we we can kind of always be aware, whether you're a woman or a man, you can be in a social situation and you're aware that someone's trying to test you. Mm -hmm. mm. Someone's trying to test you as a woman by saying, oh, look at your man looking at me, mm -hmm. or someone's trying to test you as a man, yeah. like, I can get your woman, yeah. right? And I think if you're choosing smart, what my definition of smart, you're going to choose a partner who understands how to navigate mm. those social situations mm. and navigate them in a way that doesn't amplify them, yeah. that doesn't create drama from them. We know when to exit. <laughs> we know when to mm. step aside. Mm. We know, you know, like, you just know how to navigate situations like that so it's it for me it's less about would i change how i dress or would i change the fact that i like to twerk mm. in a thong bikini mm. in public and it's more can i read the room mm. and do i know when maybe this isn't a safe environment for me and yeah. my man to be yeah. in right now mm. that's true and i think it is about antagonizing the situation more mm -hmm. than anything because you can't control it happening but once it is happening how do you as you say exit and say no, nah, this is too tense. I'm gonna, I'd, I'd rather go, or yeah. you know, this is it's not I, worth it. I, I think it's, and I, I feel what happens is that men maybe just communicate what I just communicated, but they they instruct it, and then then what that does is it creates a desire just to resist. Mm. You you haven't spoken it through and talked about 
what should we do in this scenario? Because it comes in, in, across as telling me what to do instead. Yeah, yeah. Ra- rather than like an invitation to like, actually, this is a space that we know if we if we are our full selves, it will create <laughs> something that we actually don't have the desire or capacity to deal with. So what would you like to do in this scenario? Now, if somebody does that, I think rather than tell a woman not to do to not to do it, I think men have to make a choice to stop being in those scenarios or in that type of relationship where that can be possible. Like, I, I think understanding that it's not about telling me what to do, it's about observing who they are mm. and making a choice. Yeah. You don't need to then threaten them with it or tell them if they don't do this, then this is the consequence because it just might be more than they're willing to, to deal with. Do you think then that... Be- because it it would then have to be an admission that I'm I'm actually worried about being in a confrontational or dangerous situation because of you. So I'm not going to admit. I'd rather tell you don't do that mm-hmm. than admit that. Listen, this needs to be a conversation because it impacts me. That guy might have a gun, a knife, whatever. They might meet us, jump us outside. Yeah. It's putting us both in danger. So would that then mean that because by default you're admitting that? Someone might beat my ass up, and as as my ego, you don't want to admit that that it's might a fear. be dangerous no, no, for I, both I, of us. But I, actually, I, 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 had, I had this conversation because alpha. because there was a time when I was on holiday and I was I was with um, two women. We went out and we was um, it was like a, a nightclub. So we went to a nightclub. We were coming home. I think it was New Year's Eve, and so the the the, the experience was we got there. Then there was no way to get home. It was kind of like difficult to get out. So we started walking uh, in a basically an unknown country. We're walking across the highway. One person's drunk and they're like going up to cars and like knocking oh, on the no. door and like, you know, poking their head in. Mm. And, you know, like it's just it's a bit wild. So I was trying to bring that person back in. And the other person was probably, I think they had no shoes on. So they were like walking quite slow. So we, we get to a place of like, I think it was a McDonald's. Um, and then like I'm like, look, we'll get a car from here. I managed to get a car, an Uber. Um, and then like, I was like, look, I'll get everyone food to like, so let's sober ourselves up a little bit. Um, and while I'm getting food, they, I, they, I, I lost sight of them. They went missing. Um, and then I, rem- I remember like getting the food, turning around and not being able to see, see them. And I was like, you're in the Uber that I have called and I don't know where you are now. So then I'm looking and I can't, I'm trying to think, so I go to my phone, like why would you be somewhere that I can't see? So I walk around a little bit and then I'm getting confronted by people who are like, you're walking in the drive-through lane and you pushed in, like just, just yelling at me. Um, and so I'm like, no, nah, this is kind of mad. Like, where are they? So then I get to the other side and I kind of see them. Or I think I speak to them on the phone and I'm like, why would you leave a space that I could find you in when I'm doing all of this? Mm. Um, and I just I just lost it. I was like, this is mad. Like, I, why, why would you create unsafety for me because I'm out here by myself walking with stuff for you and you've moved from the space that we were in. Um, and what it came down to when I got through all of the f- anger and disappointment, it was just like I genuinely felt like I was unsafe. Mm. And I put myself at the forefront of it to make sure everybody else got safe. And then when it came to my safety, there was no care consideration, yeah. and no consideration. Um, and so I couldn't have that conversation in real time. And then when I, I had the a version of that conversation, it was met with like kind of like flippancy, like this, like just like oh we're sorry then kind of thing, rather than like oh shit maybe something had gone wrong, um, and so it heightened it for me. But the reality is, is that I had to really, I constantly have to think about the safety and security of everyone around me, and I constantly have to face the idea that it could go left. 
most a lot of men now are in gym training to do my tie mma <laughs> knives guns this is not back in the day it's not primary school where you have a fight and then you lose and you go home you may not go home so when i talk about the safety of us and you talked about that's why i was so interested in when you said it like creating emotional safety it's not to minimize you it is to 100% make sure it's what I can control because I am the primary defender. I love the idea you said physical safety as well because I hope that if I have a bat, you might be able to swing or something. And oh, listen. <laughs> so, so I, I, I think, <laughs> yeah, so, so I, I think it's really important that when we talk about it, sometimes men don't have the language and that's their mm. fault. That's nobody else's fault. For what really is the actual concern is, yeah. is yeah. that I know if I'm out, and those group of guys are gonna uh, are gonna objectify you. True. I'm gonna have to stand there and be the barrier between him just grabbing you mm. and being like, "Come give me your number, man." Oh, don't worry about him. Like I have to be the one to stand there, mm. and you are creating a context because we understand the climate rather than say it's not your fault. We just have to be responsible. Yeah. So I do get the essence of it, but what I think men have to do is figure out how to say that without just an instruction of don't you can't do that because i think that's a different conversation you just mm. now you're just saying you're not allowed to be express yourself in the way you are and a woman won't understand it from that context without a conversation prior mm. does that make sense i think what it comes across in conversation what i have heard is you're giving you're giving these men a reason to disrespect me right right and that's okay. the first layer not even physical we're not even talking yeah. about in a club physically doing that but you're giving you on instagram having all of these likes and men in your dms you're giving them reason to disrespect me so that's the baseline layer of the communication around it and again because your disrespect amounts to i'm gonna have to fight someone mm. but you don't get to that point when your communication your communication stops there yeah. it's like these men are out here disrespecting me and now i you know you never get to the point where it's like it could be bad. It could get ugly. Mm. And granted, you yourself have to control your ego as well. Mm. If see, people are antagonizing you, just walk away. It's not, It's not. you know, it goes both ways. You're absolutely right where, yeah, protect us, but also don't antagonize. Mm. You don't well, have I, I to. Think, I think uh, when, when, when we talked about why are men disengaging, the author lady on the Tucker Carlson show was making it uh, out as if like the whole thing's a raw deal and there's no, there are benefits to men. It's statistically proven that men in marriage are more successful than not. Um, so there are a context in which it does benefit men. I think what we've lost is the ability to address certain things in a healthy way, which then puts it into context to be everyone, both people to understand a woman's need and desire to be free and liberated and express herself in a particular way. But a man, a man to also counter with actually what that may create that for me, not even just for us, not even for you, mm. what that may create for me and how yeah. it, I, for me, it's important that we don't create those mm. environments. Mm. But also I feel like one thing that men have to engage in more is the ability to walk away from unhealthy relationships. Mm. Like if you're genuinely, that's your concern and you feel like this is something I don't want to deal with, rather than make the person the subject of that, you need to move and make a decision yeah. with moving yourself away from that situation. I think a lot of men don't do that. And, and that's where it comes into the ownership part where it's like, I have dominion over you and I'm yeah. telling you, if you respect me, then you must do this. Yeah. And I think once you get into the like ultimatum talk or they're like, if you do this, then this will happen. Mm -hmm. If you don't do this, then that will happen. You lose your power, your true mm -hmm. power, which is actually, I am not going to live in a space where I've constantly feel 
I'm in fear mm. and I'm going to explain that to you. And if you continue, I have to remove myself yeah. because my life is not going to be dictated by going to jail um, or being murdered by somebody on behalf of any scenario. So I, I actually have a, a personal experience with it. So I'm, I'm not speaking from a high horse of I've never done this before. I have, um, I don't want to say it's a blind spot, but in the beginning of my partnership, there was a, there was a situation where, so I actually wanted to give context first. So I have, in South Africa, which is, it's not really just groping, catcalling, you could get killed, right? So the gender-based violence, m femicide, we actually have a word for it, femicide in South Africa is so, it's so real that rejecting a man, b just any kind of antagonistic behavior could get you killed mm -hmm. as a woman, right? So I have cognitively programmed myself to be in my masculine when I'm out. So hard, giving men like a hard time who's trying it. And because that has protected me and kept me on a level of safety mm. where I feel like people wouldn't try the shit, half of the shit that they would with other women. Cause I will give you the look and I'll give you the, what the fuck are you doing? Um, I'll do that. And so when I, when I got into a relationship, I realized I needed to let go of that masculine energy around be people being disrespectful towards me. Not letting go of it per se, but managing it better. Because that created such a, it could have created such a violent situation because I was disrespected at dinner once. And it was really just in the beginning of my partnership. So I was still in my masculine when I'm out. And this guy um, who I didn't know very well, but kind of, kind of, I was the person who knew him at the table. And there was a moment of disrespect and it just continued and continued. And I think he was pressing my buttons because he wanted a response and he got the response. And so there were just men around the table. That then created a position for the other men around the table and my partner to be like, what the fuck do we do? Do we step in? Do we, you know, we don't know this guy. It could be violent. We don't know what's going to happen. So in that scenario, I was very much in my masculine and I very much wanted to defend myself. And I felt like I didn't need anyone to come to my rescue in that moment. And so I understand when it comes to the dangers that those situations can create for not just your partners, just anyone in that space, someone that is antagonistic, someone that's reacting to antagonistic behavior can create so much danger, so much more danger for everyone around them. So I think that the key thing is knowing when to exit, knowing when to calm down, knowing when to say, this is not worth it. Um, and just walking away in general, you should do it. But um, yeah, keeping yourself and your partner safe is, is, a, a hard lesson that I had to learn and I don't always get it right because I, st I feel like instinctively I still try and protect myself um, mm. and it's, it's, it's not an easy thing to let go because when I don't have my partner I have to put that on he's not going to be there every time so it's, it is a, a switch that you do um, where you kind of go a little bit okay Cool. I, I, th something really interesting, and again, um, going through a period of really listening, especially to women as well, about what their experience was. One of the things that really astounded me is like what the cost of always being in your masculine mm -hmm. is. And we talked about it here, actually. I think Leslie yeah. was the guest at the time. Um, 
but when you when you do meet a woman in a feminine it's a really different experience and it is such a privilege almost for them this is how it was relayed back to me by the way uh, a privilege for them to actually be able to access it because they have been able to be comfortable enough in their life that they don't have to be constantly on the offensive mm. um and your experience of those women is so different in fact your light obviously turns on in such a way it starts to attract people who are like oh what's happening over there like this is a light and then you very quickly realize that that light and that calmness and that all the valuable things that we love about women is now being under threat so i think a free happy confident powerful woman is always something that is going to be um, a threat to those types of guys whatever it is even if she's not twerking and she's just existing they will feel that they have an entitlement to talk to her to engage them to present themselves in their life and so that doesn't necessarily go away. So I do agree with you that you're not fully in control of what those men will do mm. um, in those scenarios. Um, but I think that's where I think you start to, when you're in relationships or when you're in spaces with somebody, you have to start, you, you naturally start shifting where you go and how you move anyway. Mm. Like, do you, I, not, I, I like being outside, but like, do you want to be outside in the same way at the same time um, in those environments? I just less so maybe not never but like less so than I normally would if I'm by myself and I think you the, the kind of energy that you create in a positive relationship does move you out of those spaces naturally because you understand I have to be somebody else there like the thing is I'm I'm probably big enough and strong enough to protect myself I don't feel fear when I'm outside I don't think oh my god I can't do this or I shouldn't tell this person to stop doing what they're doing I realize that though but the the chances of that becoming something really detrimental to me in one way or the other it's just increased i i think my size creates a desire to antagonize further like almost as in like out alphering each other i think it creates a response so if you're too short and small you get completely like pushed aside and then you feel you have to defend yourself but also if you are similar size then it becomes this thing of like oh i'll i can i this guy i, I can take him so you, it just creates this f constant thing, which is why men find it so important to arm themselves with like being strong enough, being knowing how to fight, how to protect themselves, being willing to go to the nth degree. It's just kind of in the air. Mm. But like I've grown up seeing what that can do. And like I have to consciously tell myself I'm not engaging mm. because I know if I engage, I know I have to be prepared to take you off this planet to mm. fully protect if we're really going to say I'm going to protect you, I can't say I'm going to protect you until it gets a little bit difficult and then I'm like, maybe not. I have to, once I've engaged, I've engaged. I've, I've said to someone, don't talk to her that way. Or why are you doing that? Or that's disrespectful. Now I've engaged. I don't know what could happen next. They could re respond in the most violent way and I have to continue my protection. So I do think it's like a thing of knowing what your boundaries are. But once you've signed up, you signed up. So energetically, you do just go different places and you do do different things mm. that befit where you are in your life right now. It's not as desirable to be in those spaces because mm. no one's backing down, like in this, especially at these times. Mm. Um, I don't think we really have time, but I really wanted to show one more. Can I do it? Am I allowed? Someone's got to say something. If no one says something, I'm just going to play it. Okay. So this one was really interesting because there's a rapper called Logic who's a mixed race rapper. Mm -hmm. Well, his dad is mixed race. His mum is white. Um, and so he is still mixed race, but just to understand the context, he has always had a problem with uh, his relationship with the black community, uh, not being white enough or not being black enough, That the, the kind of middle par paradox of the mixed race experience, which is an authentic thing. 
Uh, but in this clip, he's talking to his dad about his dad potentially asking him for money. And the way he was talking about it, my inner voice was just like, that's not a black thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> so let me just quickly play it. Sorry, hold on. <laughs> we talked about the fact that, you know, if I help you, because I know you, you talk shit about me. You said, you know, Dad, Bobby don't help nobody. You said this. I'm not saying you're saying it right now. No, no. I, I mean, the bottom you line said it. Is, it's, it's been said by me before. Exactly. But the bottom line is, what I realize is that you don't owe me a motherfucking thing. I know there's you a know. lot of motherfuckers even in our family who could be like, oh, Bobby, don't, you know, he got all this money, he got millions of dollars, but he don't want to help nobody, he don't want to buy nobody a house. Well, hold up, let's just step back real quick. And I'm going to say all this, and it's, it's not going to be a one, one-sided conversation, Dad. I promise you. But this, uh, I just want to get this out, and I want to say it, and I really want to go back and forth, and I want to have fun. I want to laugh, and I want to have a good time, but I just want to say this, because it's very important to me. There was a time when you came to me, asked me for $850,000 to buy you a house studio for you and your band. Now, I've also had my sister ask me to buy her a house. I've had my brothers ask me to give them money. I've given tens of thousands of dollars to my brothers and my sisters, and I've seen them piss it away. So when you do the math, right, and we did the math earlier today, exactly. it's you, it's my mama, it's my brother, it's my sister, it's my other sister, it's my other sister, it's my other sister, it's my other brother, it's my other brother. That's nine. Now, let's not talk about how many fucking kids all these people got, but let's just talk about those nine people. Yeah. So if I'm going to buy y'all a decent house, that's $500,000. That's for two people, $1 million, $2 million, $3 million, $4.5 million just to purchase that, let alone mortgage, let alone other bills that come into that. Mm -hmm. Now, okay, you got a house, so then what? That's nine houses. Let's, not, let's talk about nine vehicles. Let's talk about nine cars so that I got to pay for. I, I, I want to I I cut it short because that, that, that wasn't the worst of it. But there was a point where he was talking to his dad like his dad was a child. And he was being quite directional. Using the M word. Yeah, he was just yeah, he using the M there's bare things in this clip that's problematic. But I think there's one big topic which is like when you make it and when you're doing well, who do you provide for in your family and how do you do that? I also just feel like blackness just isn't just we we talk differently between and we talked about this when we watched American fiction. The difference between like just the being black and which is way more inclusive but then the majority of what black culture is deemed to be. And in that, there are things like how you would conduct yourself to your parents. Mm. And it's like the idea of putting your, I don't know if everyone will probably see it at home, but sitting by a fireplace in a mansion, bringing your dad there to sit next to you to then tell him off for mm. asking for money and support and using that type of language feels mad to me. Like I don't, I don't know that as an experience. I can call my mum. If I call my mum and say we're going to film something, the interrogation is going to be so high. She's out on the on that on that point alone. But then I bring her there, and I'm just like, I'm sick and tired of providing for you, and just n word this and n word that, and like telling her off for wanting things from me. Just feels like the most non-cultural thing I've ever known in my whole life. What what do you what did you make of that? I don't know if you've ever seen it before. What did you make of it? Or I, or could, the idea? I couldn't watch the whole thing because as soon as he started speaking to his dad in a certain way, I was like, "Yeah, I'm out." Like, <laughs> I think the the language that they both use. Yeah, is just, like, it was wild. just the the way. It's a, obviously a toxic relationship. A part of me thinks because of the conflict he's probably having with the lived mixed race experience having to present yourself as black enough to one side 
mm. and thing and obviously because of the medium that he's chose he, he's profession he's a rapper mm. and so he's always trying to prove himself so a part of me is like did you just bring your dad on camera to show the world that you're black mm. Mm. so there's that going on <laughs> and then that you have black problems yeah or you have black problems <laughs> black and problems. whatnot yeah and so i just I, I checked out a little bit because i was like you're obviously in a lot of pain mm. and that and if your family are grabbing you for money like this you're the cash cow mm. and whatnot you've built up a resentment mm. and you just don't know how to say no and this is your final way of saying no mm-hmm. yeah but I didn't need to see all of that. That's true. You yeah. did not need to put that out in the public. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes when I look at the internet and certain things that are happening, I was like, why? I'm glad I've checked out. Why is why this, is this on my phone? Mm. On my phone. Yeah. Why are you telling me all your family business? Yeah, yeah. This is home stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you're you may be able to handle certain things, but your family might not be able to handle the fallout of what you've just done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's so it's it's too much and it just you never feels that things are thought through yeah yeah of the impact it could have because the same thing's happening with monique and her son and her husband as well there's a whole number yeah like but um from what i heard she started that on when she went on club station she spoke about thing and your son's obviously hurting yeah Yeah. so the moment she spoke back on it yeah i'm just like yeah to life it's not that she brought it to life. Is what you said in the club she she um, became irrelevant. Yeah. Like, you know your child's hurting. Go and reach out to your child. Mm. Not on here. Mm. Just go and reach out to your child and sort it out. You don't always have to be right, Monique. Mm. That's the one thing I yeah. get from her energy. Yeah. She always 100%. seems like she's right. She's the auntie that can just tell you anything. Yeah. And it's fact. It's facts because of her she, world she, is because right. she's an auntie she, and she's, she's older and she babies everyone. She calls everyone babies and blah blah, and it's no. off-putting. Because her husband, daddy. Um. So the the I have a quick question. Okay. So yeah. uh, each of you win ten million in the Euro lottery uh, tomorrow morning. It's a great day. And we're rich. <laughs> <laughs> so in your ten million, yeah. who do you look after? How much do they get? I'm terrible with money but my whole family's getting whatever they are. How many people are in your family? You have 10 million, so what are they getting? So there's seven siblings. Yeah. What are they getting? From of us, my mum, all their kids. Yeah. And that. What are they getting? How much? So I'm going to make sure all their kids have houses. How much though? Houses houses in the UK is like 700 grand. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm bad with money. Mm. I really don't care for it that much. Mm. And that like... Even you were so honourable the other day. <laughs> what happened? Uh, we'll talk What's off it. But you were so honourable the other day. Like, my estimation for you just went up a, a level. Because <laughs> you know how bad I am with money. But we'll talk <laughs> off. But basically, if I've got 10 things, I, I, do I really need 10 million? If I've bought my house and mm. I'm comfortable and whatnot, like, cool. I'll give. I'll probably piss the rest of it away. So I might as well get people some assets that... Hopefully, because my family are a lot smarter than mm. me with money. So I'd just let use it, handle the money. Mm. I'd probably give my son part of it. Go and invest it because he's smart with that stuff. Yeah. But me, with 10 million, mm. I will piss it away if I don't do what things. What would happen? Do you reckon you develop like a drug habit? and uh... <laughs> Nah, it won't be that. Okay, cool. And whatnot. But I'll probably have couple to go... A couple of 28-year-olds, no? <laughs> nah, not young women. I like old women. A couple of 50-year-olds. Yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? And then all these young 30... Um, 30 somethings that keep asking me for youths I can afford it now hey what about you Romanta what would you do if you're 10 
sorry. <laughs> Did I just put you off? No. <laughs> I'm just thinking. Because <laughs> uh, your question is, who would you? Yeah, who help? would you give? How would you? How, how much is less important, but it'd be good if there was a approximation of how you would split 10 million with your people. So I can break down the mess, by the way. You didn't though. No, no, no. Oh, that's three, three times. Three, <laughs> so three, three million. I'd yeah. keep. Yeah. And whatnot, and I'd half that with um, both my sons. Yeah. And that, and then from my one point five, mm. I would sort my house out, mm. and whatever's left, I'd tell my son to invest. Mm. And that, and the rest, I'm definitely mm. giving away to family. Mm. Make sure mm. that both their mums would probably get a million each as well. I think you've mm. asked me this question before, but but in the context of what would I do? with the money not not who would I help um I have such a it's still something that I'm working on because I have such a bad relationship with entitlement in terms of money and family and all of those things so it's a it's a tough one for me and mm. I don't want to just say it because I want to say it because mm. I, I it's a good question for me to think mm. to go and think about but you're planning because you're your valuable asset in the marketplace someone might give you 10 no months. it's more it's more about the giving who do I give it to mm. because that to me is either gonna be giving in or guilt or do you know it comes with so much more i can't yeah. just be giving you numbers right now because yeah, yeah. i currently in my current mental state that i'm in am i a little bit of resentment that i'm in it's not it's not it's not i no can't give you yeah. <laughs> what about you kimberly <laughs> who's getting what i don't know how much but my kids would definitely get some of that money uh my dad mm. My younger sister, my youngest sister, uh, and a friend of mine who does a lot of great non-profit work. Oh, is there siblings that you've missed out? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Basically, no, no one is getting money if I feel it would just be wa a waste. Mm. Like, you're mm. not going to be able to do anything sure. with it to change your life circumstances. Yeah. Uh, it'll probably even just land you in more debt because you just aren't good with money mm. um so yeah people who i think would would make use of it my kids because they're my kids uh and my dad because he's my dad mm. Mm. uh well mine because i'm i'm accountable to my mother at all costs so my focus on her will be just retiring her i think i don't know if it's better just to give her a lump sum or a per diem i know that sounds disrespectful to like give your family maybe an allowance maybe you should get out of the way but i think it's important to make it in a manageable amount i don't know if you, money changes people like what do you like i don't you think my mom do, my mom do doesn't like have needs yeah like i think finding a vehicle where it was just making sure everything sure. was covered for she had enough to do expansive yeah. things but not necessarily like here's five million and you're like what the fuck do i do yeah. with five minutes so i i think I it agree. would be a an allowance let's just say 10k a month or something she mm. and, and then you have a how a home and all your things are covered and you just get that mm. to you to use anything you want to do my my brothers and sisters, so there's three of, three of them, they would get a lump sum for their household that they manage at their own discretion. Um, but there is like a strategy to this. So you like, you're meant to call a lawyer um, and they go out and they write to your family and they give their amount and then they handle the transitioning of the money to them. And you don't get into the thing of ha of ha giving over because apparently there's like all this emotional labor that comes with it where 100%. everyone's like, well, I, I need 1.7 million because I've got these things going on. And it's like, no, just here's money to ease your existence. But yeah. I don't think 10 is enough to just be like, take this and take this and take this and none of us have to worry. I think you could even run out of a million five 
um, in your lifetime quite easily without it being insanely obsessive. Mm. No, uh, uh, now you can come back to me because mm. I've I've taken okay. out the emotion out of it, and I de- I genuinely do want to take care of my biological family, but then I also have, um, what do you call them? Acquired family, mm. like people that I've that I've that are now in my life that mm. I really want to take care of, um, but I don't want to be involved. So if I won ten million, I would take half of that money for myself the other five million i would put in these trusts you they can write to kimberly anonymously and say there's an amount of money left for you by your relative that passed or whatever Mm. and it'd be managed in a neutral way where Mm. i'm not the person who gave you the money because i think the emotion around money and my family is just too much Mm. and people and entitlement and what it means to them and how much this person got versus how much that I can't do that. Yeah. So rather not, if there is a vehicle, yes, I'll make use of the vehicle. So I would actually give. So you would half. you do it anonymously? That's that's my point. Mm. I would rather do it anonymously and make sure and see what they do with it. By the way, because then I will have the emotions still attached to it, but it's it, it doesn't go both ways because they won't feel guilty that they don't have money anymore. Mm. Um. Yeah. Look, so. Thank you. Say goodbye to everyone. Oh, I was going to do it anyway. I feel like <laughs> I just got told off by the producer. Um, uh, thank you, everyone. This has been a Dope Black Dad podcast. If you would like to email us, please email us at hello at dopeblack.org. If you would like to send me a text message, you can't, but you can message me on Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, TikTok, um, and probably Facebook Messenger or something. Uh, so feel free to do that. Uh, anything that you observe in this podcast, we obviously aim not to offend, but if we do in our flagrant way of communicating, feel free to tell us through any of the mediums possible. Also, make sure you subscribe to this channel because wherever you're listening, subscriptions matter. It means we can get bigger and bigger guests. We actually have some really big guests coming up, but we're not going to tell you yet. But keep and, subscribing. And leave a five-star review. Leave a five-star review because that yeah. also helps us in terms of our searching and prompting and registering. Uh, but also just thank you for spending time with us. You at home, wherever we are, in your pocket, in your phone, in your is we are happy to be here and make sure you come back to be listening next week uh, to my guest uh kimberly i don't know why i almost called you nicola that was a bit mad uh <laughs> kimberly darwood and romantha thank you so much for joining us and definitely we'll be back very soon Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.